Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 001. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. Our community is expanding greatly this year as we break into the podcasting world with our New Year's series titled Starting Strong. It's built off the four elements of Acts 2.42 that help the church start off well. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. There's power in each of these elements, not only to transform communities, but also individual believers. We open up checking out how we can give the Bible room to work in our lives so we can experience its power in a fresh and life-giving way. This idea sets up much of the series, so let's just jump right in. Have you ever have a problem that just needed solving? I don't know, what a way to start off the new year. Problems. Uh-huh. you ever had a dilemma that you just couldn't figure out which way to go? Or come to a crossroads in your life, a decision great or small, and you're just like, which path am I supposed to take? It doesn't take much life to run into these kind of situations. I mean, welcome to the daily grind. And I wish I could say, honestly, that I had an answer to every single possible situation and combination of circumstances that could possibly come across your lives. And unfortunately, sorry to start the new year this way, I don't. But the good news is, I've got a good place we can start. Let's pray together. God, in this new year, transform us through the power of your word. Make it work in us in ways we could never expect. That will bring glory and honor to you. Amen. Well, welcome to the new year. I actually hope that's all starting off well for you guys. Um, it's starting off a bit cold for us. Sorry to bring uh, the cold weather with Chicago, uh, from Chicago. So, to start off this new year, we're going to start off with a new series called <laughs> Starting Strong. We're going to take a look at the new church, the genesis of the church that was growing right after Pentecost. I know that we normally celebrate that in a different time of the year, but this is a good way to, to start off the year. And this, over the month, we're going to take a look at four basic ideas that this new church had, that they developed, or practiced, I should say, that really became the core of their life as a church and as a community. So I'm going to read, I'm going to use the, this passage from Acts to kind of launch really this whole series. Um, but this is happening right after Peter's amazing sermon at Pentecost. This comes out of Acts 2, verses 37 to 42. And when they heard this, Peter's message, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them to say, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, those four basic ideas that were the core of the church, we read in verse in Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, 
what I'm going to elaborate to, to define as the word, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, or worship, and prayers. So today's idea is going to be the apostles' teaching, or the word of God. So we're going to check out two truths, then we're going to see how, they, how we can use that to really solve just about any problem that may come across the way, any dilemma we may run across, any crossroads we may get to. But I'm going to launch into this topic from another passage, because the Apostles' teaching doesn't give me a whole lot to work with as far as the Word. But there's a very telling verse in Hebrews that does. Hebrews 4.12. It says, The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So the Word of God is living and active. Now make no mistake about it, we have a living and an active Word written by a living and active God. A God who was active back when it was written, either 4,000 years all the way to, to 2,000 years ago, and is active through it today. Now, one might argue, sure, God can be active, but be completely ineffective. One skeptic might say, but we know otherwise, from Isaiah's writing. He gives us this confidence in the word. My word that goes out from my mouth shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose, and, and succeed in the thing for which I sent him. Of Isaiah 55. So what's the purpose of God's Word? Two things. Our salvation and our sanctification. It's basically just big words for bringing us back into a relationship with God, which got shattered back when man just decided to disobey God in Genesis 3 and ever since. And to help us to become more like Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's the basic idea behind sanctification. How does, the, how does God do this, or how does the Word do this? Well, it judges. Don't freak out too much about that Word. The Word is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. This is one of many ways that this can happen. But you ever be amongst a group, and somebody is saying something, and you almost get the sense like, wow, it's like they're talking straight at me like I'm the only one in the my hope over the last eight years is that maybe you've had this happen once or twice here. That would be kind of neat. But it's like the word just strikes a chord that you know what's going on in your life, even though the person up front may, have, may really have no idea. But it just seems like whatever it is they're saying just hits home. So the Bible can do exactly that. So that you may read a verse, if you've read Scripture much, you may read a certain verse a hundred times. And your eyes just keep going over it and over it hundreds, thousands of times maybe. But the hundred and one time, something is different about your life. And you read it and all of a sudden it clicks. It starts to, to hit you in that spot wherever your life is. It becomes like Paul or Luke or John or Jesus is, is penning those words for you. The word, right of Hebrew says, can penetrate the impenetrable. It can divide the indivisible. That's how lives are changed by the power of the Word. So how do we get this power to work in our lives? Well, because when the day-to-day hits, that's really what it is that we need. 
And that's what we're after. There's nothing wrong with agreeing with that. Because, yes, history has a, or I'm sorry, Scripture has a history-long redemption story within it. And it is a great story. But the truth is, when our neighbors are driving us nuts, when our family is stressing us out, when the kids are making us go crazy, that awesome history, or that awesome redemption story stays on the shelf. Because all we want is answers to what is going on right now. So one phrase is going to help get that power of God to work in us. This is kind of my whole sermon in one sentence, if you will. Lay up scripture in your heart and live out scripture in your life. So how do we do this? I'm going to give you a couple different ideas, and some will fall into lay up and some will fall into live out, and I'm not going to try and distinguish between that, but I'm going to have kind of a sequence to this. The nice thing is you don't have to do all of this necessarily in sequence. You don't have to memorize all of these different ideas in order for them to start amplifying how much and elevating how much God's word can work in your life. So I'm just going to rattle them off. First off, make a, a text selection by reading. Now, the truth is, in order to lay up Scripture in our, in our heart and to live out Scripture in our lives, the fact is, guys, we've got to read Scripture. Just goes that way. So pray that the Holy Spirit will impress on you some passage and how it's going to relate to your life. Or if you happen to be reading a certain passage, that the Holy Spirit will lay out how this passage matters to you. Hopefully some of these other ideas will help you un unpack some of that and how it works out. Remember verse 12? The Word is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. It's the Holy Spirit using the Word to get into our lives, start making a difference. So as an example of, or an illustration for kind of these different steps and how they work out or how they play out, I'm going to use Proverbs 5.21 because it's a nice, simple verse to be able to to play out these steps. That verse reads from the scripture, For human ways are under the eyes of the Lord, and he examines all our paths. That's where we're going to start. So another idea. Examine the text details by questioning. This isn't to say that we question, is it true or not? That's a whole different kind of study. But ask the text, ask the journalist questions. Right? The who, what, when, where, why, how. And write them down. You will be amazed how many questions you can come up with if you really start to run with this. Question, these questions will start to, to guide how you meditate on the Word, rather than allowing you to just gloss over a passage. Because when you start asking questions of it, you have to slow down. You have to pay attention to things. You have to start wondering why certain words are there or how things are put together. You start to get curious. So what does it mean that God ponders the word, the way of man. It's probably using a different translation than what I had thrown up, so I forgive, forgive me for that. But Well, if you do a little bit of looking, the word ponder is actually the same word that they use when they're talking about merchants and how they would use scales to be able to, to scrutinize, make sure they're only giving away the right amount of wheat or flour. They pay attention to that. They, they scrutinize it. They judge it. It's the same idea. God evaluates people's behavior. The way a merchant would evaluate the scales, make sure he's not getting ripped off. So now, we're slowing down. We're starting to get something out of it. 
to determine the text's meaning by studying it. Here's where some of those tools can help, either a study Bible, or a Bible dictionary, or a Bible handbook. If you don't have any Christian, you know, any kind of Christian library, those would probably be the three things I would start with, probably in that order, um, as far as the things that are most useful for you. And if you happen to need some, or you, you want to see what different ones look like, we have some up in the church library, up in the fellowship hall. Ask me, I've got plenty that I can show you as well. So one study Bible notes on this, this verse and this word ponder, that it means to take, to take note of. Now imagine, some of you maybe way back when, you're taking your driver's test. You got that guy from the DMV, if you have ever seen License to Drive, they have the scene where the most iconic guy just, I'm going to be so tough on you and I'm going to write down everything you do and everything you do wrong. And he says, parallel park. You parallel park and silently he just picks up that clipboard and starts writing. <laughs> doesn't say anything, doesn't show any emotion. And maybe that can, is one of those moments that sort of stresses you out. Like, what is he writing down? I can understand that, even if I've never been in that seat. It can stress you out unless you're comfortable with the fact that you know how to parallel park. God makes exceeding, exceedingly close inspection of our ways, paying attention to our ways. Internalize the text content by memorizing. Then your bulletins each week, if you pay attention, there's actually a section that I put in called your memory verse. Guess what? I don't just put that in to fill in space. I can fill it in that space with anything. That's what I choose to fill it in with. Because here's the funny thing about memorizing scripture. So when it's memorized, when a verse is is memorized, the Holy Spirit can start to use it in your life in geometrically more ways. When you happen to, to be in a new problem or a new situation, or you happen to be defending your faith live against somebody, and you're like, there's this passage that I know is in there somewhere that says exactly what I need or, or gives me exactly what I need to work through the problem or the dilemma. And you've got scripture memorized, guess what? The Holy Spirit has an uncanny way of pulling that verse out and dropping it into your brain just when you need it. I've seen it happen more than once. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do with memorized scripture. So much of this, I, I said I wasn't going to categorize a lot of this, but much of this has been the idea of laying scripture up on your heart. So what about living it out in your life? Move on to that so that we can get on to applying some of those answers that we're looking for when life hits. Yeah. Tailor the text content, text content by personalizing it. Try this with just about any passage that you read. Say the passage, but put your name in front of it. As though the author wrote it directly to you. Because really, that's how God works with the word. Brian, your ways are before the eyes of the Lord. God ponders all of them, all your paths. So then what that does is it takes the words 
out of the abstract. It takes it out of these, this kind of ethereal area that we can just gloss over or, or speed read through and starts to make it personal. Starts to make it matter to us. And it leads right into the next idea. Amplify those ideas by paraphrasing them. Now you've got a sense, if you have worked through some of this, of what the passage means, so say it in your own words. And the gracious thing about this, well, teachers will say, teachers, you can verify this, but I'm going to trust that it's accurate, that if you can say an idea in your own words, it's really one of the truest tests that you understand whatever the concept is that you're being taught. And the gracious thing about this is you don't have to come up with the right paraphrase. You have to try to be Paul, or you try to be Luke, or try to be Moses, because God didn't make you Luke or Paul or Moses. God made you Marlene, or Candy, or Lord. So find the words to, that are going to make sense to you, or that are going to speak your language, if you will. Brian, your choices are before the Lord. He's paying attention. He notices everything. Just taking the words of the scripture and trying to make them my own. You may come up with a different way of wording things, and that's okay. But then, and here's the one that if you try none of these ideas except this one, this will do wonders for you. Tap into the text power by praying. If you want to take to have a boost in your prayer life, do this in the book of Psalms, which is basically a prayer book. Your prayers will be crazy caffeinated for like the next hundred years, just out of those like 50 pages of scripture. Take the passage, take the verse, and basically pray it back. I'm sure there are a dozen books out there that talk about praying in the Psalms or praying scripture. It's exactly what it's doing. It's basically taking the words of Scripture and turning it into a prayer. Lord, I know everything. I know that nothing is hidden before your eyes. I know that everything I do is in front of you, and so help me to live in a way that recognizes that truth. Help me to not be fooled into thinking that I can possibly ever hide something from you. That's prayer just off that one verse. I could probably keep going on. You can do that with just about any verse that's out there. Then, embrace the text's impact by applying it. There's a common scripture study rule, if you will, that there was one meaning or one intention, one original intention behind the text that you're reading. But there's multiple ways that it can be applied. So how does it apply? Well, I hope I didn't bait and switch you at all here, but the fact is how it applies probably is very specific to your situation. See, the Bible offers us principles to live by. The Bible does not try to spill out, spell out every single answer to every single possible situation. It, I can't point you to book, chapter, verse on what to do when your parents are driving you nuts and a different book, chapter, verse on when your boss is driving you nuts. It doesn't try to cover everything. It gives you the principles. How you apply them is taking those principles, just like anything you would learn, taking those principles and making it practical. That's what these steps try to do, to help you go from principle to practical. 
But the fact is you still have to put the practical into action. So here's your next steps for this week. You'll notice if you have your bulletin, again, if you're paying attention to it, you have a unique insert. I have a couple of two-week Bible reading plans. Now these, these come in just about every flavor out there. I could probably find a dozen on any sort of topic you possibly want to read scripture on. So I tried to find some that were general enough that people might be interested in and still fit it on half a sheet. Try some of these ideas out. Test them out. All, the nice thing is all it requires is a Bible. And if you don't even have one of those or you don't have a study Bible, we got some at the Welcome Center. Pick one up. Take it with you. Use it. That's what they're there for. But this week, may you experience the power of the Word by laying, out, laying up Scripture in your heart and living it out in your life. Thanks again for listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org. Or if you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning. On our next episode, we're going to look at one critical element for making it through tough times. This is Pastor Brian inviting you to join us next time on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.